This is the Weekly Bull and Bear by WealthFest, a podcast for financial professionals. Each week, Drew Dockin and Tim Prady will have an in-depth conversation on what's happening in the markets. Good afternoon, everybody. Today, it is October 4th, and the markets have really roared back from the 2022 low. S&P 500 right now is on the track for the best uh, two gain in about two years. Uh, So, you know, as we're standing right now, markets are up 2.83% on the S&P. You know, we're still down about 20 for the year, obviously. Uh, Treasuries have dipped a little bit. As a result, sitting at you know 3.619, and um, and yeah, I mean that's kind of what's moving right now. It's definitely seems to be uh, you know sell off is kind of remedied a little bit. Um, but yeah, uh, Tim, what are your thoughts on the kind of recent market moves? Yeah, I mean, I think the stock, I think the dollar stopped going up. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the big one. I mean, you know, this we're going to talk about it a little later, but this whole dollar wrecking ball has been a reality. I mean, when the dollar's been up, the market's been down. So, you know, the UK had their self-inflicted wound and, you know, they reversed that. That has helped the market. Uh, So you've had a rally, as you said, in both equities and uh, in the bond market. Um, You know, the other thing today is that the Reserve Bank of Australia, the RBA, only, you know, surprised the market by going 25 bips. So, to the degree that this is a global tightening cycle, you can see that only a whiff of less hawkishness uh, gets everybody really, really excited. Now, uh, you know, people interpreted Brainerd's speech the other day to be somehow a little bit dovish. I read it. I don't see exactly what was dovish in there, but man, it only takes a tiny bit. You know, you go back to to the last time we had a big rip rally, it was caused by Powell talking about uh, that we, you know, we, we weren't far from a neutral rate. Um, so, you know, it doesn't take much. I think that these are counter trend rallies. I think they're bear market rallies that you use to lighten up, to get more defensive. Um, but that, that's the world that we're in right now. You know, the, the thing that I want to remind everybody about our view is that this isn't just about the Fed and this isn't just about central banks. I mean, saying that the market, the problem with the market is, is the central banks is like blaming the weather on the weatherman. You know, like, the, yeah. like was the Fed super late? Absolutely. Did they see the structural secular inflation issues coming down the pipe? They sure didn't. But now they do, and they've got no choice but to keep on tightening. You know, this this inflation persistence is 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 real, and the Fed and the ECB and the RBA and the Bank of England they got no choice but to continue tightening, and that's what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, when you look at some of the revised and expected numbers out of August, we saw that year over year PCE increased four point nine percent, which is more than the four point seven percent estimate. Um, and up another four point cent, uh, four point seven percent month over month. Uh, there does seem to be some serious slackening, however, in terms of job applications, which um, might be indicative of some kind of economic softening next month. Well, look, you know, I like Michael Cantro's acronym that he uses: Hope H O P E. 
not just because it's my daughter's name, uh, but the H's for housing, housing is absolutely starting to slow. You're still up on a year-over-year basis on pricing, but for the first time, now you are getting some negative sequential compare. So housing is finally, obviously, new starts and all those leading indicators of housing have rolled over hard, but you're finally starting to see prices come off on ISMs and PMIs, on the new orders, on the more forward-looking components of industrial production, you're starting to see some negative numbers, some below 50 ISMs on the new orders. And then P is for profits, we'll see. You know, second quarter earnings held up better, revisions have been fast and rapid, negative into 3Q earnings, but we'll see if a lot of that hope that has been maintained in the C-suites is starting to break. I, I kind of think that you will see companies taking the opportunity to lower guidance. But, you know, companies look at the E. Companies look at employment as their forward-looking indicator, and it's insane. We all know that employment is a lagging indicator. But as you say, you are finally starting to see the cracks. You saw it in the JOLTS data today where job openings uh, are down big, um, but you're still running along the bottom. Uh, and, and jobless claims, and you've had strong non, non-farm payrolls. Uh, we get an NFP print that everybody can go get excited about this week. Um, but yeah, employment is starting to slow, uh, but but it, it, it's lagging, obviously, the other more forward-looking indicators. Yeah, like you said, it's lagging. I mean, I guess the most recent numbers show that claims are below 200,000, uh, which is best, really, since the end of late April. Um, but but yeah, um, it's just going to be a matter of time. Uh, we've seen demand cool off and uh, ISMs and all these things you've mentioned. But so, yeah, jobless claims notwithstanding, I do think seems to be a lot of movement on that front. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about, you know, Fed's trying to cure inflation, but uh, the result you've seen kind of a downturn in the rest of the world just largely due to the stance of, you know, old school Bretton Woods, the dollar is the world's reserve currency. Uh, and as a result, a lot of com- countries are having, you know, tough time keeping up. Uh, they're having a tough time getting exports out. Uh, and it's just really, when you're looking at developed countries' currencies, uh, they were pretty much all underwater um, this past year relative to the dollar. So how do we accommodate one? We have to kind of uh, tackle demand-based inflation in the United States, but at the same time, these actions could result in a massive uh, global recession. You know, I don't know. You know, Powell's got a tough job. Um, yeah. He's got to worry about the U.S. economy. I mean, to some degree, uh, he's got to be cognizant of it. I mean, look, it's a global economy, right? We, you know, it's we export, we import, uh, and to the degree to that the dollar strength, the dollar wrecking ball really begets inflation because remember currency is all relative the dollar's up it's up against another currency uh and if it's up against the pound that means the pound is weaker that means there's more inflationary pressure for you uh in the uk so i think at some point uh the fed will have to be cognizant of it i'll tell you it would be bullish for global markets briefly if the fed were to start talking about their concerns about the dollar being too strong. Uh, But I I think the Fed is gonna kinda stick to its knitting on looking at US indicators uh, and the dollar is gonna do what 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 it's gonna do. I I just, 
it's just too hard for them to try to try to manage the dollar at the same time. Right. And especially since, you know, as we've discussed previous inflation in the U.S. is very different than Australia and Europe and Japan, everything else, where it's more supply constraints as opposed to traditional demand based inflation. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, yeah. I think the, the, the supply problem uh, is everywhere. Um, I mean, you know, look at, look at the, the PPI print that you got in Europe. I mean, 40 percent PPI. Uh, producer price inflation, 14% X energy. I mean, the global uh, inflation phenomenon is is very real. And central banks all over the world have got to prove their credibility. That's one of the reasons why you got the problem in the UK is they appeared to lack credibility. Now, that was on the fiscal side more than the monetary side. But yet there has to there had to unfortunately be a monetary response to a fiscal miscalculation. Yeah, I mean, and Ray Dalio, at least last week, you know, was didn't bite his tongue when he criticized, you know, the new Liz Truss uh, government, um, pretty much saying that, you know, it was just a severe mistake. Um, right. Functionally, the, you know, they're 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 cutting taxes, which I think in terms of the UK is actually at one of their highest levels since the 40s. So it's not like stateside. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. still, um, you know, it's it created a huge fiscal shock. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, the reaction was surprising to me because, it, you know, it wasn't the numbers around the 45 to the 40 for those making over 150 pounds, 150,000 pounds a year. Like it wasn't a huge number to the mm-hmm. fiscal balances, but it really is extraordinary that response. I mean, I, you know, I, I think that conservatives uh, or those who believe in supply side economics and trickle down and horse and sparrow, whatever you want to call it, they better take notice because, you know, it's almost like bond vigilantism. The idea that you better keep your fiscal house in order or the bond market is going to or it's going to show up in your credibility in the bond market. I think it was extraordinary. Um, I mean, obviously, like, you know, the pound is back up above than where they made the announcement, but this shit gets priced in. Markets are smart. Stuff gets priced in. People knew who Quartang was and who Trust was and what they were going to try to do. So I wouldn't overread the fact that markets have kind of rebounded entirely, at least. I mean, the pound and gilts have have, have rebounded entirely. This was anticipated by the markets. Yeah, was exactly right, though. Yeah. He always is. Yeah, right. It's all the principles. Um, So, yeah, what what do you think we overlooked, Tim, this week? I I think one thing that's interesting is on the energy side. uh, You know, you saw that the uh, now the rumor, the rumor originally was that the Saudis were going to cut a million barrels of production. Now there's talk of two million barrels of production. I mean, it's clear to me that the Saudis want oil at 100 bucks at least. Uh, And they don't believe that that is going to be the reason for global demand destruction, for creating global recession. So, I mean, I I think the Saudis are going to do what they're going to do. And, you know, my new thing that I've been talking about is this concept of there being two cartels. There is the, there is obviously the OPEC and the OPEC plus cartel that is going to control supply. Uh, And then there is sort of, and I don't mean anything nefarious by this, but there almost is a uh, a collusion in a sense 
by the U.S. producers and that they are all on the exact same hymnal. They are all on the same page that we are not going to spend a lot of CapEx. I mean, hell, in, in August, the rig count was actually down in the Permian with, what, $82, $83 oil? Like, that's the level where you start pulling rigs? Uh, so it really is extraordinary to me the capital discipline in the United States has created almost the same thing as having a cartel. I'm not arguing that the energy companies are colluding with one another. They don't have to. They've got the same investors with the same and, and the same Wall Street with the same philosophy, which is you don't need to allocate my money for me. Give me my money back and you guys just keep generating that free cash flow. So I think that is one of the extraordinary things going on. And obviously the other is that tail risks seem to be going higher in uh, the Russia-Ukraine situation. Yeah. Um, the Nord pipeline was very interesting. Uh, Swedish seismologists obviously said this wasn't a natural event. There was probably four explosions um, yeah. on a couple of those pipes. And then you've obviously seen increased political risk uh the ukrainians have taken a lot of land from kherson and um you know they've taken a lot of land up north in the donas area um part of their counteroffensive that started last month uh, but as a result uh you know putin had the referendum he's called 300,000 reservists and uh he's talked about dropping a nuclear bomb pretty much every day this week so uh, yeah, it, it just seems like, you know, the Ukrainians have definitely made huge progress. There's almost a light at the end of the tunnel, but he seems to have burned the boats at the banks of the, you know, <laughs> so to speak. So uh, yeah. he's not giving himself an off ramp um, and thereby he's not giving the Russian military an off ramp. So no, and everything he does seems to make matters worse, whereas all of a sudden you call in this draft, this conscription. And now you've got lines of people trying to get into Georgia, trying to get into Finland, going into Kazakhstan by the hundreds of thousands. And then, you know, every every time you you you, you check on the experts who are whomever you follow in the Ukraine, the Russians keep losing land. And, and, and I mean, it just seems like morale in within the Russian army is only going in one direction. And as you say, I agree with you. It seems to increase the tail risk of there being a tactical nuclear used, something, something you know, that had been sort of unimaginable happening. I just it makes me nervous as hell. Like you, you certainly wish and you hope for the Ukrainians to win and defend themselves, especially with all the atrocity that has occurred. Um, but you, you almost wish for a little bit of a stalemate. I, I, it's weird to say, just so that Putin can save enough face so they can get the hell out of this thing. I, I just, I don't see how it ends well. I, I really don't. No. Um, you know, and you talk about food prices, obviously gone up tremendously. Uh, you have 300 million people in Africa that are now food insecure, uh, largely yeah. due to this crisis. And people postulated about that for months, right? Um, that food prices were eventually going to come to a point where uh, you, you do see severe, you know, I mean, everyone's pinched globally, but then places like Africa have severe malnutrition risk now. So Yeah, yeah, more and more. Yeah, that, that stuff that can't get out of the harbors, um, that's mostly where it's going to. It's not coming to be in your in your Cheerios in the United States. It's it's mm -hmm literally feeding the, the, the food insecure nations of, of Africa and Southeast Asia. Yeah. 
Well, I think that's all I have, Tim. Uh, anything else? Any parting words? No, no. This, this has been an incredible rally this week. We got 6% in two days. Old Elon Musk has made the decision all of a sudden that, you know what? I think I will buy Twitter. <laughs> you know? uh, he did that right after he was trying to negotiate peace in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that went really well for him. Right. Here's an idea, Elon. Find out who Gary Kasparov is before you start insulting him. <laughs> chess over Twitter, so to speak. So, yeah. yeah, he lost that chess match. Yeah, oh, absolutely. All right, Tim, thanks for your time. Uh, for all our listeners, uh, thanks for your likes and subscribes, and we're out this week. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of WellFest. The mere appearance of content on the site does not constitute an endorsement by WellFest. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. WellFest does not make any representation or warranties with respect to the accuracy, applicability, fitness, or completeness of the contents. WealthFest does not warrant the performance, effectiveness, or applicability of any sites listed or linked to any of the contents. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Investment and investing involves risk, including possible loss of principal.